Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. I'm looking like it's going to be another spectacular, beautiful day here in the Twin Cities. I hope you're enjoying fine weather where you are. It does make a difference in one's mood. I'm seeing a lot of joy and laughter around the studio today. I think in part because a there's a bunch of happy people around here, and two seem to be in a pretty good mood. I, Rosie, you're smiling too. Everyone's kind of smiling. Yeah, yeah. So. Today, I've got a great show planned. We've got Dr. Marcus Bachman in studio with me. We're going to talk about attachment theory. I asked him to talk about that a while ago. I hope that's what he's prepared to talk about, because if not, it's going to be a long hour. (laughs) And then in the second hour, we're going to continue our sunburnt series. That means Dr. Peter Capster and I, who will be in his fourth hour of on-air broadcasting today at Faith Radio, which might be a record. Uh, we're going to uh, have a wonderful uh, conversation uh, with uh, Ken and Jay John. So it's going to be a great, a great show. All right. Uh, Marcus, welcome. Good to be here. <laughs> we're happy people today. Yeah, a lot of happy people. <laughs> so this attachment theory, it sounds like it's a kind of not an easy topic to understand. That's why I asked you to come in and talk about it. Well, as we're coming up on Father's Day, it really is appropriate to understand uh, we attach to our fathers particularly and just to those that uh, we're meant to attach to. And for many of us, we've had some barriers along the way. I hope we get a chance to talk about that. But most and more importantly, how how is God encouraging us to become attached securely. I did my uh, master's and my PhD thesis on security attachment, so I have some backdrop on talking about the subject. So even if you didn't tell me ahead of time. Nice. (laughs) You were ready to cover this topic, weren't you? I was. That's fantastic. You know, and it is the cornerstone of a person's well-being, isn't it? It is essential. It's foundational. If a person doesn't have it, and that's why I'm very concerned about the culture that says we don't need to have both a father and a mother, that is dangerous talk, dangerous territory. It's proven over and over, and it's as if we have turned upside th- things upside down right now. Yeah, so we want to make sure that we cover this topic uh, in the full hour and then also take time for your questions because attachment uh, issues, and I know there's several different kinds of attachment, and we'll talk about them, I know, um, but maybe you have had a challenge in your life because of uh, an attachment that didn't take place. And it does manifest itself as an adult. Bill, I would appreciate, I didn't ask you this at a time, but Sorry. I would appreciate the, uh, the question, um, how, there, there's a lot of ways to ask it. How did you find yourself attached how did you find yourself to receive value mm. from your father? I'm, we're talking about it, especially because of Father's Day or mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, I, I, I love the the, um, uh, the audience to respond to. Uh, give an example, or in which way did they 
feel, believe that they were closely attached to their 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 parents, particularly this week, their father. Mm-hmm. Or uh, maybe they weren't, and why was that? I'd like to talk about that. And I don't know, Marcus, if this generation that the the greatest generation from the World War II parents, they seem to have maybe some reserve when it came to showing emotion. I, I don't know if I'm making a sweeping generalization. That's that, a very accurate gen, uh, generalization. Uh, there was there was a uh, difficulty in expressing "I love you." Uh, they worked hard, as you are well aware. They 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 didn't give up, but they missed some communicating. And yet, you know, there's the other side of that. We may have some listeners that say, you know, my father didn't say I loved I, I love you, but he did communicate it in other ways. I would be very interested in knowing how uh, the audience felt valued. What was the message, and how did they receive it from their father that said I love you, or if they didn't, let's talk about that. Yeah. So if there was some paternal deprivation, dad wasn't there for me. Um, I didn't feel l- like I had the relationship with him that I wanted. I know we brought this up before when it comes to parental relationships. And there's some sadness that comes through on the text line, Marcus. I got to be honest. There's some very difficult, hard things to read of people that say, yeah, my, my dad wasn't there, unfortunately. We didn't uh, have a good relationship, and it didn't end well. Yeah, you know, the uh, late Chuck Colson uh, gave the story of um, prisoners who were offered Mother's Day cards, and I think it was about 500 Mother's Day cards that they were offered. They were taken within 24 hours of prisoners wanting to write to their mom a Mother's mm-hmm. Day card. Hallmark, I should have said Hallmark, a, a national uh, card uh, agency yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, decided to do the same thing for fathers for Father's Day. Not one, not one card was taken. That's just stunning. It is. It, it, absolutely it, stunning. It is. And it says a lot about fatherlessness. If you did the surveys over and over and over again of uh, those that are involved in crime, in prison, you will see, and those that 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 have, have, do a lot of self-harm, you see that there is no relationship or very little relationship with their father. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. So if you don't feel like there was safety and security and protection, um, there's going to be problems down the road. Maybe you've already gone through the problems. Maybe you look back on your life and say, yeah, I didn't feel secure or safe and I wasn't protected, um, we'd love to hear what your story is. If you can type it out in two or three sentences, we'd love to uh, have uh, some insight as to what you went through. 877-933-2484 is the text line, uh, because we'll be talking about this the whole hour. And as we kind of delve into the different kinds of um, attachment theories, I know there's there's a, a... a secure attachment, that's the ultimate, right? Mm-hmm. And then yes. there's all kinds of ones after that that are less desirable. That's right. The theory is within the first five years, security attachment needs to happen. Uh, I would say that even though that the prognosis for those that have not had a proper attachment by five years old, I, I returned my knowledge and my understanding to the gospel. And the gospel says that all men and all women have freedom 
and and they can rejoice in having a relationship with the Heavenly Father and have healing from the fact that they may have not properly attached. So we don't have to be a statistic. We don't have to be in a dark, negative understanding of how life is. We can actually have a a new way of thinking, a new way of reacting regarding security attachment, a foundation to one's self-esteem. Okay, that's super encouraging and exciting for everyone who might be hearing this today, thinking, this is for me. This new this message of hope is for me and restoration, because the story that that I'm thinking about myself is one of maybe not being securely attached, and then all of a sudden, boom! Uh, today can be a new start. Amen. Yeah, it's sir. good news. It is good news. It's 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 a understanding that there's hope and there's a, a new page to turn. One's never too old. I've talked with 70-year, 80-year-old men who have cried in my office, understanding that why was it that my father didn't care, love me? And there's deep hurt. And the good news is we've had conversation weeks later of a new person that looks at life, not with a, with, not with a negative, not without, but with. And that's a change of life. Mm-hmm. Marcus, what is avoidant attachment? Well, just as the word says, um, a person who has not properly attached often um, has a real sense of avoidance regarding their emotions, regarding their sense of identity, and the way they respond to people. Uh, They may have an understanding of on the outside how to look, even sometimes how to act and react with some good words. But the truth is, uh, as you get to know that person, knock, 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 um, they're not home. They're Mm -hmm. not there emotionally. And so they have a real uh, way of of, uh, avoiding the most intimacy of life, the most um, closeness in a relationship. Um, They're a danger to be around regarding... um, Marriage, uh, marriage doesn't work real well with that person. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you are the person who has, from a very young age, believed that they can pick up stray, uh, 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 stray cats and 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 help heal and wo- take care of the wounded, um, that person uh, who has an avoidance attachment is going to be very very difficult. Um, to ch- uh, to see change in, they have to be willing. They 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 are typically reluctant, and they avoid at almost all costs. Mm-hmm. Is there a certain profile that would uh, define this person? Are they gregarious, uh, introverted, loners? What it can be? A, it can be a mix. Okay, it can be a mix. Um, the truth is, um, it's it's when you take away the outside layers, whether it's the quiet or whether it's the um, gregarious, uh, talkative person. Um, that doesn't mean. You know, there's there's an act that can happen in front of, uh, you know, showtime, yeah. and I'm ready to perform. I, I know what that's about. I, I can, I, I can, I've done it myself years ago, and I've had difficulty with my own attachment issues. But uh, again, 
Um, the good news is that person can change, but there is not a, uh, I, you know, there are some studies that will say there's a, there's some, some personalities that uh, traits that will look like the avoidant, but I, I think it can come in all shapes and forms and sizes. All right. With Dr. Marcus Bachman, we're talking about uh, attachment and we all want to have that secure attachment. Maybe you didn't have that, but maybe you are going to learn some new hopeful things today. That's going to give you a deeper sense of security with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and maybe learn something about yourself. If you've got a story of attachment where it didn't happen, or maybe you've, you're anxious or you've been avoiding attachment, or maybe you've just got a wonderful story of your dad that helped you securely attach or a mom that helped you do that, let us know what those stories are. We'd love to hear about them today. 877-933-2484. Dr. Marcus Bachman is a founder of CounselingCare.us. So if you head to CounselingCare.us, you can learn more about him and his amazing team. We'll be right back. Marcus Bachman is the founder of CounselingCare.us. That is the website address, CounselingCare.us. We're talking about attachment theory and how bonding is such an intrinsic human need. We need to connect. We need to bond. We need to feel secure. God wants us to be in relationship. uh, But if you didn't attach well, uh, you might be living a life of anxiety or, or fear or fatigue from making choices that have caused you problems. And we want to talk about that today. So our question is to my listeners, how did you feel loved? How did you feel secure? What did mom or dad do to give you that deep feeling of security? And we're going to continue our conversation uh, today um, on this topic, Marcus, which I find absolutely fascinating because it is critical and if it doesn't happen, there's going to be trouble. Well, the statistics, the facts uh, speak for themselves. Someone who is, uh, has a, uh, an absence of a father, they're more likely to go to prison. Uh, they're more likely to commit a crime. They're two times as likely to drop out of high school and um, two times more likely to suffer obesity. Hmm. It falls... Um, in a dangerous spot in many, many ways. Uh, you see it in, in girls that end up a um, uh, much higher percentage uh, teenage pregnancy, um, multiple sexual partners. Uh, they're looking for someone often that will say, uh, you know, uh, a replacement figure uh, for someone that they need to feel secure in if they don't feel secure. And, of course, um, the, the the culture offers a lot of options that are so unhealthy. My concern is strong today, especially when um, there is this this um, movement saying we really don't need to have a father and a mother to raise a child. I, I think that is not only upside down, but dangerous thinking. 
and the outcomes have proven themselves to be of severe consequences. I'm in the mental health field. I, I, I see it routinely if, if there's not a secure attachment figure. My first uh, listener chimed in with growing up with nine siblings. My father, who grew up without his own father, died when he was five, showed his love by working hard and always providing for the family. He provided much stability and never took a sick day. That I remember. That's quite a memory. He had a hard time showing affection. He wasn't one to give hugs or say, I love you. I never questioned his love for us, though, as he coached me and my six brothers throughout our youth baseball seasons during the summers. Mm -hmm. He showed his love by giving us free time, which he didn't have much of. He was a CPA. That's, That's an excellent story because I think it's reflective of many people in a large family like that, in that generation. And yet, you know, Bill, I just think, you know, you talk to one sibling and they can view that upbringing very different than the next sibling. This caller decided they saw some really good things in their father. Mm-hmm. They chose to uh, receive a blessing of knowing that their father showed interest cared in the way that he that he could care yes he didn't say i love you and we're not getting people off the hook saying you know that's not a big deal because it is yeah but 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 this listener uh, was able to pick out and say you know he 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 did this coaching for us he gave us uh time uh or he wasn't available but you know what he provided for us and maybe it was that the mother um put in extra duty obviously she had to with nine kids but you know she 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 might have very clearly recognized i need to give a security message along with my message that often mothers give that i love you mm-hmm. marcus what is uh, anxious or ambivalent attachment or resistant attachment you are looking up on the Google, and I'm just telling you, I have to be the answer man for your I'm, Google questions. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what the, the different kinds of attachment okay, are. Okay, okay, what was your last one that you said? Well, I was... mean, it's anxious attachment. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there, there, there's a great deal of similarity. Okay. The, the, the fact is, um, you know, we, we, we leak out when we don't have a foundation that is founded on a sense of being loved and and knowing that we are loved uh, much greater if we can imagine it as young children as we're being taught there's a greater love that your mother and father can give you is god's love for you what a secure uh, understanding that I'll I'll be protected, I'll be cared for in this earth by by whether it's the the bullies at school or and you know what I'm I'm not going to allow you to um, uh, I'm not going to pick you up every time uh, you have to do some some failing you have to do some bleeding of course but I'm going to be there and then to give them that security attachment of of their heavenly Father so Bill the bottom line is for those that did not receive that foundation or question parts of it they get into um the the unhealthy uh sense of uh not being attached Mm -hmm. and they avoid so there's a lot of ways that that comes and bleeds through Mm -hmm. 
I am thankful to say I feel very attached to my parents and to the Lord. I'm 53, and almost every day of my life, my parents have told me they love me. Wow. My mom now has dementia, so I don't hear it as much as I used to, but my dad and I continue to grow our relationship as we have run together every Saturday morning for 25 years. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> That's how she ended it. Thank you, Lord. She giving I, I love that story. Gratitude to the Lord. Oh, you talk about putting fuel in her uh, on, a, on a weekly basis from a dad that, you know, is, 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 is able to do that. And, of course, it's not that unusual for a parent in their senior years to have some dementia. And to certain degrees, it certainly can be. And you know what? She's going to keep, I'm sure she keeps telling her mom, Mom, I love you. Mom, I love of you. Of course, and and she, and the mother may not react, or she may, and and you know, after having been instilled as a child and as a an adult, that message by one's parents, um, you can handle a parent having dementia and being able to care for them in a very, very sweet way. Mm-hmm. But if you don't feel that security. You don't go out into the world in strength, do you? It's extremely difficult um, to be able to give. Okay. Uh, it it becomes I I see so many that become uh, having a private world, a private world of uh, I, everything evolves around them. Um, it becomes more drama in their life uh, than what it ever should be because you see they see and hear things according to their world, not your world, their world. And for them to be invested and having a two-way communication into your life um, is often uh, what, what, what a person um, falls into. Um, they can also become, unfortunately, on the other side of it, a loss of identity because they don't have a sense of self-worth. They fill themselves up with the care the focus of the other person and not on themselves. That codependency, that extreme um, losing of themselves and giving to the other, even though it may sound and feel really good to the other person, ouch, that's pretty dangerous. Mm-hmm. Marcus, what about uh, kids that were ad- adopted and maybe had some trouble when they were young, got bounced around maybe to a a couple of different foster homes. I, I know I've spoken to many of, of these adults now. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, I just, uh, when I had my air conditioner tuned up, ah. the guy comes over uh, and he's got a, a, a Russian name. And I said, kind of an unusual name for this part of the, of the world. He said, <laughs> goes, I'm from Russia. Yeah. And he goes, I was adopted. Um, um, and I said, when did you arrive in the U.S.? He said, when I was seven. Oh. Yeah. Michelle and I had 23 foster children, teenage girls that came to us from age 14 to 16. They were usually there for two to four years. And our job was, one was to reunite them with their biological parents. And the other was to um, make sure that they had a secure environment. Mm -hmm. We knew this was the last stop. So. Let, yeah. me, let me take a break. We'll come back with lots more with Dr. Marcus Bachman. You can go to counselingcare.us to learn about his uh, amazing staff and team that can help you with counseling, whether it's individual or marriage. They're there for you. Also, his son is a psychiatrist, an MD, so maybe you need some medication as well. But we want to know how you felt secure. 877-933-2484. We're talking about attachment today. Be right back. 
So glad to have Dr. Marcus Bachman. I should say I'm glad to have him in, but Rosie's glad also to have him in. She's shaking her head yes, because we love Marcus and we love talking about, today we're talking about attachment, and there's some really great comments coming in from listeners. We're asking, how did you feel loved and secure? Because if you didn't feel that attachment that you were being taken care of and you you were bonding intrinsically with the love of your mom and dad, you may be suffering some issues in adult life as a result. Sad to say, but... Um, It'd be really sweet, Bill, if uh, listeners decided this Father's Day they could take a blank sheet of paper or card and write it their own inscription to their father and write, this is how I felt loved by you, Dad. Wow. And that would mean a, a great deal of a father's, a strong father would feel um, life is good. I've I've accomplished so much with right. understanding that you felt loved by me mm-hmm. this Father's Day. Yeah. Listener says, I grew up with the feeling that the only love I got was from my grandmother and my dog. I have borderline personality disorder, major depression, generalized anxiety disorder, I struggle to feel close to God the Father and to Jesus. How can I love them more? Well, that's a very strong backdrop for a person, and um, my my uh, empathy is with that person because, uh, of course, um, we work with individuals as such. And I will just say that there is a, a great deal of, of grieving that a person needs to go through and proper grieving, uh, knowing that they have had significant loss of, of not being loved. Um, and so there needs to be some some chapters, and I will even call it closing of chapters, letting go. It doesn't mean that your memory is gone. It means that you have, on an emotional level, you have grieved through that which you never received. And I think that even in that small text, um, that there was a grandmother and there was a closeness with her dog, well, there's something to be grateful for. I believe that people who uh, focus on, on those things that uh, have been gifts to them, uh, appreciation, a thankfulness, is a real healing and a brighter, better outlook for their personality. Uh, we don't have to be stuck with a label of all of these personality disorders. We can, we can come uh, with proper uh, uh, counseling and most likely medication management, um, there's another side to this story. Mm-hmm. So I just uh, would encourage the the grieving and the uh, the thankful approach in life. Mm-hmm. Listener said, my dad was in World War II, the Korean War, and Vietnam. He was a man's man, but he was always supportive when I made mistakes and never gave up being my cheerleader despite being the Marine, after I became a Christian and told him how much I loved him over and over again in my 20s, did he feel comfortable saying he loved me? Oh, that is such a uh, honest and and very um, 
typical story. Uh, a Marine who has, uh, you know, given so much um, to our country, but to his family in just giving the example of serving. And this uh, daughter is one that, uh, um, you know, decided to um, verbalize over and over and over. And that's the typical story. As a, as a Marine, as a, as a man who has not been able to easily say, I love you, if they have been encouraged over and over, tenderly, without uh, ex- without without pressure, they eventually will say the words back, mm-hmm. and it will become natural. Yeah, that's beautiful, isn't it? It is. That, I love the story. story. I just think you know, talk about someone who's who felt validated even when the father didn't uh, for. Quite some time, I'm sure. Yeah, didn't use the words "I love you." I love it that the son kind of wore him down by yeah. telling him that he loved him, and it got you to know? the point where he could reciprocate. Well, you know, Bill, there's an old trick that uh, <laughs> adult kids do, and they they use their own children. So the grandchildren, they say, "Now tell Papa, tell Grandpa, tell Grandma that you love them." Now go and say, "Give them a hug," and then you're at the door, and you're the adult child. Eventually, the dad looks up and you can just give him a quick hug and you can say love you dad and you know what it it it, it melts them it makes them uh rather than doing it yourself i'm not saying that you shouldn't because i i think we should always give the assignments to the adults versus sending their children out but it's it's it is actually a sweet way of encourage encouraging it yeah and the the listener who had the marine dad he he let me know that he was a guy. I assumed he was a guy. Yeah. I hope we didn't make that uh, confusion. Another one came in. My dad's birthday is today. He's been gone oh. 20 years, but he was when he was alive, he always said, I love you and would oh. give hugs. And when I was young, I was in bed and I thought for sure there was a person under my bed. So I jumped onto my sister's bed and ran out to find my dad. He graciously came in, turned on the lights and looked under my bed. He re- reassured me that I was safe. <laughs> it's a good dad. It's <laughs> a great dad, dad, you know? Yeah. And it doesn't take that much, Bill. Because, you know, he got on his knees and looked out of the bed. <laughs> sure. You know? Yeah. Knowing there's nothing <laughs> under there. <laughs> but, hey, I'm going to do it for you. And and that little girl re- remembered, uh, knowing as, as she became maybe a parent herself, that the normal anxiousness of a child and night and, and rainstorms or thunderstorms or or maybe seeing you know uh, uh, a movie that reminded them of a, a monster or whatever yeah. that was that's just a sweet way that they recognize yes that's what that's one of our roles it's I lock the door as a dad and I know I'm very traditional Bill I I make sure that uh, monsters are not under your bed so here I go yeah another listener is curious because I think. This has gotten to be a very intriguing issue already, and they want to uh, look for some resources on attachment that are written for, like, the layman rather than a practitioner. So maybe something that's more accessible to understand some of these attachment issues. Yeah, I'll give that answer not right now. Yeah, yeah, maybe after the break. I don't have it at my fingertips, yeah. but I would be glad to. Yeah, there's some, there, is some, there are some good resources out there. Um, yeah, it's uh, the, 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 the um, studies that I did were uh, quite some time ago with uh, Bowlby and Amesworth. And um, uh, th- those were classical uh, studies of security attachment with children. Um, and uh, But there's been some 
a lot of research, a lot of research since, since then, and uh, available now to the layman. So, yes, we'll come up with that. Yeah. Uh, Marcus, what is disoriented attachment? Bill, or, dis- or disorganized? Bill, yeah, Bill, I mean, we'll talk about that after the break. That's just oh, one of those questions I want to throw out for now. Disoriented. Yeah, I, kind of the way I feel right now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and kind of the way I think you're feeling well, as well. <laughs> well, you know what? This is perfect. Confusion. Yes. Yeah, yes. Uh, misunderstanding. Yeah. Where, where are my words? Where, where's my life at? <laughs> yeah. Um, just the whole idea of, you know, I think there's people that come out of families that feel disoriented. They don't know how to attach. That I, I think yeah. there's that struggle. Well, um, well, yeah, and what's normal, what's healthy. Well, exactly. And, and, and if you, you know, there there are, let's face it, there are families that have lived and uh, children that have lived under a sense of crisis. I, I always remember um, visiting my friend in Israel, and, um, you know, the little boy would come into a neighbor's house whenever they visit, and they he would just knock on the doors, knock on the on the walls, and find out which wall. Which wall was the safe wall? Which wall wasn't the hollow wall? Because in Israel, they constantly, as you've read in the news again lately, they have missiles that go off and they have just so many seconds that they have to prepare themselves to get to that safe wall. And that living can create such a crisis and a sense of focusing. That child had a lot of anxiety. Is that a surprise? No. Mm-hmm. Of course they would. Um There'd be a lot of disorientation in that person's life, knowing, can I even go home? And is my home safe? I have to go to, whenever I go to anyone else's house, I have to knock on the walls as a 10-year-old? That's a lot to, that's a lot for a child to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. So Marcus, if you didn't have a strong attachment with parents, there's probably a um, a good chance that if you were an insecure kid, uh, you're start going to identify more strongly with your peers. You're going to attach to them. Yeah, yes. I mean, if your dad doesn't take you through the rites of passage into manhood, that's right. It's probably mm-hmm. the kid down the street who's two years older that may not be looking out in your best interest. And you know what? That looks pretty interesting. That's why. That's why um, a person like that would join a gang. They join a group that is not necessarily uh, favorable. Um, and you know, without getting too much into it, there can be a natural sense of who am I as a person, including their sexual identity. And uh, there can be a great deal of confusion during those years when you're supposed to have a clear sense of I belong to my mom, I belong to my dad. They expect a certain level of um, education and um, you know, being able to achieve in life and they need to have a focus. So, but that child that doesn't have that can easily go down the road and be influenced very strong. Let's face it, junior high, you're, you are influenced by others, but without that secure attachment, you can really go down the road and your identity, identity becomes more like the others that, uh, that can be troubled. Yeah, this is not deep thinking on my part, Marcus, but I would guess insecure individuals would tend to be partnered with other insecure individuals. Yeah, and they don't always show up as insecure because the bully who looks and sounds really strong and right. tough is not necessarily 
uh, you and I may be able to observe and say there's a lot of insecurity. But to the outside, he or she may be tremendously uh, v- verbal and, and vocal about how, how um, important they are. Well, that's another story, isn't it? <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> yeah. Very interested to hear how you felt loved and secure Got some great stories that have come in from listeners, but if you would like to share yours, we'd love to hear it. I know it's a source of encouragement uh, for many. And as we look at Father's Day, uh, you know, fathers and attachment is not always smooth and graceful. And if you have a story you can share, we'd love to hear it. 877-933-2484. My special guest is Dr. Marcus Bachman, the founder of CounselingCare.us couple offices here in the Twin Cities area. But of course, with Zoom and everything else you can do on computers, he can meet with you just about anywhere. Again, that's counselingcare.us. We'll be right back. Dr. Marcus Bachman, some great questions and some, not questions, some great comments that have come in. And we'd even take your question if you have an attachment concern. Maybe you didn't attach the way you had hoped. Maybe um, mom and dad didn't give you the security. And I promise there's going to be some uh, problems down the road. And we're not saying that in any kind of, you know, more matter of fact, aren't we? That's absolutely right. A uh, person was asking about resources. Yes. Uh, I think I've um, just remember there are several that focus on the family offers. Um, the Connected Child is a great one. One that I read that I th- think was very interesting was called the Upstairs Downstairs Brain. Mm-hmm. And um, I got to get a shout out uh, to Karen Purvis. She's, she passed away, but she worked incredibly well on attachment at TCU and has a tremendous amount of resources for children, adolescents, adults on attachment. Mm-hmm. So, and that that would probably be a resource, and I know that the listener was hoping for something that wasn't uh, to um, yeah, they want layman's. They want layman's terms. Yeah. Exactly. The connected child is 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 a terrific layman's. Okay. Um, does do people? Um, how much time do people spend thinking about the ways in which their lives have turned out relative to whether or not they had a secure attachment growing up? Mm. Do they do they ever connect those dots, or is that just us talking about it on the show today? Well, I, you know, I'm, so I'm a therapist that I overthink things and I overanalyze some things, but I think that it is still very typical that an adult uh, still comes back to uh, what happened to me, uh, what was taught, what was message was I given by my mother and father. They're so impressionable. They're so important. Um, a holiday doesn't go by without 
that thought. Uh, oftentimes a daily occurrence doesn't come by without that thought. And it may not be in the framework of my father said or my father didn't do this, but it's it's a sense of feeling and sense of knowing uh, about the world and about life that gave tremendous impression to the security, the identity, the, the, the strength or the weakness of that person. And that's why I think the enemy um, knows and understands that we have vulnerabilities and weaknesses, and we need to be prepared to give an answer to the enemy's threat mm-hmm. and his is is wanting to swipe away and say yeah you remember that you never did that very that, that job very well growing up and remember what your mom or dad said or you know he's, he brings in all the questions yeah. and that's where we have to be prepared mm-hmm. marcus can you give some ideas for help uh, with teenage boys to express their feelings and emotions that's uh, a question from a listener i think teenage boys are perfect for um you don't want to just sit face to face with teenage boys Mm -hmm. because they'll look at you and they'll look at the ground and they don't want to talk to you (laughs) so (laughs) that includes a therapist yeah uh what what we do in therapy is we've got a great walking trail we got a little pond we got some rocks that can throw out and um depending on the age we've got some great uh, games to play and you know it's 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 that whole idea of shoulder to shoulder rather than face to face and it's amazing um in the midst of of um bonding with someone uh what they're eventually able to share and uh boys can do it I, I'm working with a young man right now that is outside of counseling, and he's just a good friend, and we work together. And you know what? We we, we talk a lot about nothing, and then all of a sudden, um, some good conversation comes up very naturally. Um, sports is a great way to, um, you know, uh, and there needs to be a winning and a losing in games um, so that so that young kids know uh, you know, that they need to work hard in order to achieve. And that's a great thing to talk about. And you're in the boat. You're fishing. Gee, you don't have anywhere to go. <laughs> Even if the fish don't bite, mm-hmm. you talk softly. Right. You, t- you tell them about your life. You tell them honestly some things that you've done that weren't the smartest. And you know what? That kid is listening. Well. Another listener said, my father didn't know how to connect with me and my brothers. He had a temper and occasionally would physically abuse us. I ended up serving a lot of jail time due to uh, drugs and crime. I got saved in a jail cell and later through addiction recovery, I got a godly spiritual mentor who felt like a loving dad. He affirmed me, encouraged me, and made me feel special and loved. He encouraged me to go to college and I ended up getting my bachelor's degree in Christian counseling. <laughs> I love this story. Isn't that I, incredible? I, I'm I telling you, you've got fantastic listeners that can say there's a dark spot. There's a really dark spot. And, and you know, and it is a horrible thing. We never minimize um, a physical abuse and never minimize an anger message that a father, there's reasons for it. And that would be helpful for us to understand why was my father that way. Not excusing, understanding. And I just think this man made a decision um, to go a whole different route in his life. And I think forever he can be grateful for the God who saved him, 
God who changed his life, and he has a future, and he's doing something with it. I, I love the story. It's I do, great. too. Yeah, it's I great. do, too. Marcus, are there anxieties that you can have if, if you didn't feel secure? Can, can you go out into the world and feel like, I don't have good social skills, I, I'm afraid of strangers, I, I can't make small talk, uh, because deep down you don't feel secure? And it can trace all the way back to an uh, early, earlier time in your childhood when you didn't feel like you had this bond. Well, those I, again, I can't minimize, I mean, the formative years. If you didn't get it then it's not that you can't it's just it's a tough road and mm-hmm. that's why you feel like uh you're in another world you know you you always have a sense of uh am i am i doing this right and you can get into performance and you can get into pretending but you you know inside you know what i don't have a solid uh rock I don't have a solid foundation until until that person comes to an understanding of who Christ is and they can save them from the grief. I'm not saying that it's going to be easy. I'm not saying that it disappears completely uh, because, uh, and again, it's so interesting, the twins study, same family, same environment, one reacts this way, one reacts that mm-hmm. way. Why is that? No, I have no idea. Oh, Bill, I thought it was no. my turn to ask a question. <laughs> Don't look Come at on. me. All right, Don't we're going to go to Rosie. Me. No, yeah. the, tr- the, tr- <laughs> the truth is they, tr- through tr- they have a different perspective. They have a different attitude. They've, they've, they've either made up their mind or they, they came with a bent that said, you know what? I, uh, life, life has some real possibilities here, and I'm looking at it from a whole different side. And the, and, and the other twin that can play either the victim role, I'm careful here because I don't want to give this a, a wet blanket approach, but, you know, an attitude of I've been done wrong. I've, I've not been dealt the right set of cards. My father had no right, and what he did to me was wrong, which is true. What am I going to do about it, though? And they may sit in the puddle of mud while the other twin washed themselves off, made a life of themselves, turned themselves around. Mm-hmm. Another listener, Marcus, our son is a pilot in the Air Force while deployed to Africa for four months at the end of 2020. His wife asked for a divorce. They have a three-year-old son that we as grandparents are concerned about. Our son is very involved with his son, but he will be deployed again for six months coming up in 2022. His wife is moving out soon, and she has attachments, attachment disorders since her dad left at a very young age. How can we as grandparents and our son help our three-year-old grandson to not have attachment problems? Any help would be grateful. Oh, do we ever go to prayer on that one? That's, um, that's such a sad story. It's, it's such a, um, you can just tell that that's... Um, uh, that that's going to be a hard road. Mm-hmm. Um, that three-year-old son needs a father figure, and I hope that as this grandparents and grandpa, particularly, I'll say this to you: um, please remember that this little three-year-old needs a father figure. And even if the um, daughter-in-law has some real mental health issues, real missing pieces, you love her. You continue to love her. You reach out. Um, can I babysit? Um, can I can I help out for the weekend? I know how hard it is being a single parent. Even if she chose, even if she chose the divorce route, you reach out and you minister to her because that three-year-old son is looking at you, and you could very well be the mentor 
the mentors that make a difference to turn his life around. Mm-hmm. So any thoughts uh, this Father's Day? I love Father's Day. Not just because I'm a father. I just think that our society, our culture has um, minimized the importance of fathers. And uh, I think this is where the Christian church, the culture needs to hear from us saying, we value you as fathers. You you don't have to do things perfectly. Um, you're forgiven just like the rest of us are. And uh, grace abounds. Your role of clearly communicating to your children, to your adult children, to your grandchildren, uh, or for those, I, I, I hope I haven't minimized the value, the importance of a single parent. I know that for a woman who's raising children, we need to give hats off to her. But regarding uh, Father's Day, I just am excited about there's meaning uh, that from a Christian perspective, we need to give the value the importance of a father. Yeah, Marcus, I had a great time with you today, despite the fact you kind of busted me as I Google questions and ask them to you. <laughs> I was thinking, where do these words come from? I need a quick yeah. reference guide yeah. again. Google.com. All right. <laughs> Head over to counselingcare.us, counselingcare.us, and you can learn more about uh, Marcus and his Amazing team, and they're there to help. Uh, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, uh, Dr. Peter Capster and I are going to continue our Sunburnt series. We're going to talk uh, with Canon J. John all the way from the U.K., and we're going to talk uh, about dads because we're kind of talking about dads this week because they're so, so important. All right, we'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.